This presentation of the USA CBD Conference is brought to you by IndustryPods.com in conjunction with Immortal, a well-being beverage company, bringing you Immortal Nitro Super Coffee and now Immortal Super Immunity Shot with Hemp Extra. All is well at Immortal.com. That's I-M-M-O-R-D-L.com. All right, everybody, we're going to get started. Uh, wrapping up our breakout room today is co-owner and chef at Just Chocolate, Michael Fatah. Chef Mike graduated from the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York, and the American Institute of Baking in Manhattan, Kansas, for baking science and technology. Chef Mike established his career in this industry doing consulting work and teaching about cooking with cannabinoids. Michael is going back to basics and discussing the importance of dosage. Please welcome Michael Fatah. Oh, you keep it right all right, thank you everybody. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself and how I got started in this industry. As Ron mentioned, I'm a graduate of the CIA. When I was a faculty member at Le Cordon Bleu Schools International, I had a student come up to me and ask me about edibles, because her mom had suffered from cancer at the time. And this was back in 2004. And that experience allowed me to investigate a little bit more do some research for her, help her medicate her mom with edibles. In 2009, I started to travel from all of the states, and basically I'm one of the few chefs that's been from Alaska to Maine, traveling and educating, talking about edibles, teaching infusions, helping people with the math, and you know, questions and what sorts. So I created a career out of that. I took all of that knowledge and I brought back creating edibles in Florida. I was one of the first ones to create a chocolate-infused CBD edible in Florida and have FDA-compliant labeling, packaging, everything that was regulated by our Department of Health. I continue to operate that business, now called Just Chocolate, and now I pretty much travel, educate, do forums and CBD events such as these. So what are you going to hear today? Today I'm going to go through five or six slides about the basics of math. Uh, what is one milligram equals, excuse me, one gram equals a thousand milligrams. And that's where the math starts. All of our edibles throughout the country, whether you're a medical marijuana state or an adult use state, all of your edibles are dosed out in milligrams. 100 milligrams is the standard serving divided by 10, 10 milligrams per serving, 10 pieces to a bar, 100 milligrams total. So that's what I'm going to teach you all today. And then at the end, if you all have any questions or anything like that, raise questions, I'll answer, we'll go from there, okay? All right. So the first slide is basic practices, know the math. One gram equals a thousand milligrams. Okay, so percentage of potency, whether it's a distillate, an isolate, or a flower, okay? If you're using a distillate, and I use the example, one gram of distillate purchased at your local dispensary will or should have percentage of potency printed on it. So we're in Las Vegas. We all know we can go to a dispensary. We can buy a one gram cartridge, and that will say 76 to 86% THC. So if you look at the example I have, 1,000 milligrams, if the cartridge happens to be 90%, then that means you have 900 usable milligrams. So if you took that 
RSO oil cartridge and you made a pan of brownies, you would add that, you would have 900 milligrams. Now what people get confused is, is now you divide that by the serving sizes. So you see here, I just for the simple math, if I take 900 milligrams and divide that by 10 servings, that means each piece has 90 milligrams. Does that make sense? So that's the easiest form. You can buy your RSO oils, you can buy them in a syringe, you can infuse them into your edibles, whatever you make, whether you buy a box of Duncan Hines off the counter, whether you have your own favorite grandma's cookie recipe. It's one of the easiest forms, okay? The next one I discuss is using flour, smokable flour. So if you're somebody who likes flour, the percentages are different, they're quite lower. 15 to 30% is the general range of cannabis across the industry. Again, we're in Las Vegas, a lot of that is printed right on your label, it's right on your jar, so you know that that cannabis you have is, say, for the example for the slide, is 20%. So again, if I multiply 20 by 1,000 milligrams, that means my smokable flour is giving me 200 usable milligrams quite lower than using distillate. And we know why, because it's a process where you've taken the flour and you've processed that through to make the distillate. So if you're using your flour, you see here, you'll have 200 usable milligrams. Again, if I divide by the simple number of 10, that means each piece is 20 milligrams, okay? So it, it doesn't change. As long as you know that one gram is a thousand milligrams and you know what your percentage is, whether using a distillate, flour, or the next, which is divided under resilience. One second. Oh, isolate, same thing. Whether you're using a distillate, isolate, or flour, you're always just going to divide by the number of milligrams and then your servings. So for example here, if I have 950 milligrams and I divide by the number of servings of 10 for my cookies, each piece is 95 milligrams. That's it. It it's really is the basics for a lot of people I talk to. This is just a great starting point. What gets complicated is then is what are you infusing your product into? If you're making cookies, are you infusing it into a butter? Are you infusing it into a, a coconut oil? Um, are you using another type of fat? Are you make, trying to make it in, uh, emulsify it into a drink? So that's where it gets complicated. But really the easiest part, it's really the math. As long as you know one milligram, or one gram, excuse me, is a thousand milligrams, and then you know your potency, and then you divide by your number of servings. If you ate that whole pan of brownies that we discussed earlier, well, that would be a heck of an experience at 900 milligrams. But you know if you divide it by 10, each piece is dosed out at 90. Any questions so far? You sure? Okay. That is pretty much my presentation. Because basically what I do now is I leave it up to all of you if you have any questions as far as businesses, infusions, any particular recipes that you've done and have trouble with. Uh, you asked me about looking at your COA, so we can talk about that as well. And we can go from there. Does anybody in the audience have any questions? Go ahead, Nick. Take the microphone.
That's a good question. For like me, being a chocolate manufacturer, there's things such as lecithin that ease the, the, the surface tension on the molecules to blend, okay? I use a fat that's indigenous to the chocolate, and that's what I use for the infusions. For, for me, it's easier because I can go to a lab, have it tested, and then I can kind of check myself. For the home baker or the person who's just starting out, that might not be a readily available option for you, okay? It's just like anything in baking. If you're scooping that, if you're, if you're incorporating into that fat and you're putting in that cookie, it's basically portioning. So I would really take that on a case-by-case -case basis of what item you are making. If it was a chocolate chip cookie where you're creaming the butter with the sugar and you've already added it to, you've already added your component to the fat, then it's just making sure that you've mixed that cookie properly to make sure that fat is even, evenly dispersed throughout the recipe and then baking it, okay? Um, if you're someone who uses the types of machines that will do the infusion for you, like say a magic butter or a herbal infuser or something along those lines and you've made your butter ahead of time, you're gonna be on a pretty safe path of, of consistency with that because you've already made what I like to call your stock butter, your infusion. And then you're taking that and putting it into your recipe. So you're pretty, when it comes to baking, you're pretty good with that. Where it gets complicated is, is, is chocolate items and gummy items, especially when you're talking in production and then, you know, going down the assembly line. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Do you use this for improved taste? Do I use... Do you use cannabis to improve taste? No, because some people don't like the raw flavor of the cannabis, so some people like the cleanliness of it, so sometimes using a distillate would be better than actually being the old school way of taking your flour and making it in your butter and straining it out. Because the more you stir cannabis in a fat, you bring out that chlorophyll flavor. And that's that rawness that some people don't like. And then there's other people who I say who like, they like to taste a little bit of it because they like to know that it's there. So it is used to improve taste? No, so no. what is it for? What is cannabis for? Yeah. Well, cannabis can be used for a lot of medical ailments and treatments. Some people just want it for the experience of euphoria, of, of, of getting intoxicated. For some medical patients, they may use it for pain, relief, maybe sleep, um, anxiety. So it, it, again, it, it, again, it depends. You take that on a patient-by-patient -patient basis. But I don't think cannabis isn't used for flavor. It's been always been used, and I think I'm safe to say, it's been used as an edible. It's been used to, to get intoxicated, to get high, to you know, have a good experience with your friends. Does that kind of give you a little bit of a better understanding? That's not what I've heard or read from some of the materials I've, I've, I've gotten. Okay, so tell me, what, do you, what, what, what have you read? <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Sure? No questions? Ask your question about your COA. What do you have there? I'm sure the people would like to know. Your a COA, if you don't know, is a certificate of analysis. So he has a certificate of analysis and he wants me to decipher what those numbers and those words mean.
Okay. So you test your flower first for a separate analysis, and then now you have a, now you have a COA for your actual what you've infused it in your distillate. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So that's milligrams per over milliliters. So you would just multiply that by the amount of milliliters in your jar. And then, and again, it doesn't get much simpler than that. The lab does a lot of work for you. And when I give those types of COAs to clients of mine, and they'll say, well, it says 6.2. You mean there's only 6.2 milligrams? I said, no, it's milligrams slash grams. So if my bar, like I mentioned, is 100 milligrams, or by weight, well, see, that's where people get confused. My bar weighs 16 grams. So I have to multiply 6.2 by 16 because that's what they're giving you on that analysis. So you would multiply that 9.1 by the, your milliliters because you're talking a liquid, not a dry weight. And that's why you have milligrams slash milliliters. Well, you used a flower that was 14.8, which is on the lower spectrum, but it's a CBD, which we're still learning and growing and people are catching up with the technology and, and things like that. So that's, you're not off base with that. Okay, again, like we just said with the, like if we go back to the slide, using the flower. Okay, you're right at say 15%. So your one gram of flour will give you 150 usable milligrams but you're gonna need a lot of flour then to process and then take that distillate and fuse that and then in another step. Make sense? No, if you're extracting it the right way and you have the proper equipment, you're not, it's the process. It's just what the flower is giving you. And then you're taking that, you're refining that. And then now you have a usable substance, which is what you have on your COA. Now you divide that by your edibles and what you're gonna make so you can figure out your math. So you know, so you know then that that 9.1 is per gram, correct? Or milliliter. So then, then you, that's how you would figure out the math of what your final end, so you can be at 100 milligrams or 10 milligrams or whatever you desire for the particular edible that you're making. Okay. Yes, sir. Do you have a business card? Yeah, of course. Do I have one? Yeah, when we're done with this thing, I'll, I'll pass out to business card to you guys. Yeah, but it's not in this, but it's not, in, it's not present here. 
The company, that company is not here. So I would like your card, and maybe I could send you some information about this company that's not here. Okay. Wonderful. Anybody else have a question? Comments, concerns? Yes, this is the gentleman in the back. Yes. Okay, if you think of, have you ever seen a roaster and they've got it turning and they're roasting those? Because when beans come to the roaster, they're green. And then they roast them, that's given the color and its nuances. Have you ever had a flavored coffee? A hazelnut or something like that? That's an oil base that's ladled over the top after the roasting and then it's mixed and blended. Then it's ground and that's where you get your flavor from. There may be some proprietary ways that people infuse the coffee, but if you're using a distillate or an oil, then you have to create a solution and coat that bean. And then you process your bean, whether it's whole beans or ground beans, and then any reputable person, and, and, and me trying to be the, the pillar in the community for the lack of a better term, I'm gonna go and test it and check myself and make sure that, okay, because then that's a starting point for me. The first thing I do, let me backtrack, is just like these gentlemen, I check the potency of my isolate or my distillate so I know what it is at the lab. So once I know that my kilo is 98 point whatever percent, then I do my infusion, then I go back and I take one sample out of a batch and then I retest that and make sure that's okay. And then once I know it's okay, then I can run the production and then my formulation will stay the same for that one container of, or isolate or distillate or whatever I use throughout the production process. Does that answer your question? It's, see, this is a misconception. How hot do you really think it is? Because you can't, you don't want to go too hot because you what? You burn the beans. And if you ever smell burnt coffee, it is the worst smell ever. Also, you don't, you have to decarboxylize. So you got to go from the THCA, which is the acid, to the THC or the CBDA to the CBD. So you have to get that close to 250 to 300 degrees. Nobody's roasting coffee at that temperature. But you can, right. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no problem. It's good. It's a good question. Lisa, you had another question? All right. That, okay. Basically, for me, I'm very transparent with my banks and insurance company that I'm a CBD company. I proof to have my experience, what I do, I have a policy on the facility. I'm an edible manufacturer. My facility is registered with the FDA. I let them know that. I let them know I produce chocolate bars. This is what I do. This is the location. And I have a, a standard policy for manufacturing. And I just tell them what it is I do. And I mean, honestly, that, that's, that's really it. Just to cover myself, um, and most companies, what they'll give you is a million dollars and then up to four million for, you know, liability and things like that. And that's just what I have. I never had an issue with it. Um, I've had insurance since opening the business three years ago. I would just shop around. 
and, and see what you have. Don't let somebody charge you hundreds of dollars. I'll be honest with you. I pay $80 a month for my insurance. Liberty Mutual. Liberty Mutual. Now, now, now everybody's going to call Liberty Mutual. <laughs> You know, 300 500 a year, divide that by 12, that's about 60 bucks a month. So that's not so bad. That's like a cable bill. Actually, my cable, my cable, cable. No, shop around. That's, see, people, that's, that's other people trying to make money off of the industry saying it's justified, and it, it, it's not. You got to realize, so I've had 20 years of experience. I had to, you know, basically give them a resume of what I do and what it is I'm doing and that I'm, you know, Department of Health certified, and we have all our paperwork. I'm not somebody in my garage making edibles. So I think once you kind of explain yourself a little bit more and you shop around, Lisa, you should. Right. Anybody else? Okay. I'm going to pass out my card if anybody wants it. So for the gentleman in the front here, and a little bit. Thank you guys. This podcast was produced and presented by Industry Pods in conjunction with the USA CBD Conference in cooperation with Immortal, a well-being company. Any unauthorized use is strictly prohibited. Any and all trademarks are the property of their respective owners. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.